Hello and welcome to HW News Report. Here you can listen to news from political and economical world. Follow this podcast now to stay updated. At HW News, we have been delivering news that matters to you. Our goal is to present you with information that simulates conversation around topics of larger public importance that are often lost in the noise of shrill prime time. Hello everyone, my name is Aarti and you are watching HW News. Welcome to South Connect. This is our weekly show where we talk about some important news from across five states of southern India. Let's begin with Karnataka. With Karnataka elections nearing, political parties have begun their internal surveys and Congress is quite upbeat about the outcome of its survey. Karnataka Congress President D.K. Shukumar this week claimed that Grand Old Party would win 140 seats in the upcoming Assembly elections, citing an internal survey. He also hinted that several sitting legislators of the ruling Bharatiya Janata Party will be joining the party, that is the Congress Party, in the coming days. He said, and I quote, our earlier survey had projected our seat tally at 136. Now our survey is projecting above 140 seats. The change has begun. We are seeing it as we travel across the state. Meanwhile, the popular polls survey conducted recently predicted Karnataka is heading for a hung assembly. Congress is projected to win 82 to 87 seats in the 224-member Karnataka assembly. While the ruling BJP is also projected to get somewhere near 82 to 87 seats, whereas JDS will bag 42 to 45 seats according to this prediction. It clearly means that JDS will be the kingmaker once again in the state as per the survey. DK Shukumar was speaking to reporters after inducting two former BJP MLAs and its former Mysuru mayor into the party. Further stating that only about 50 days are left for the polls, Shukumar also claimed that the BJP wanted to urgently call for elections after the 2022 Gujarat Assembly election. They had held discussions with the officials and had also decided on the dates but it is getting delayed he further claimed he also said that the congress party is prepared for elections even if it is held immediately Shukumar said the election commission without giving a chance for all these things to happen should announce the poll dates immediately and stop this large-scale corruption that is happening in karnataka now karnataka will go to polls by month of may Moving on to the next news from the state. A Bharatiya Janata Party MP from Karnataka has come under fire for berating a woman as she was not wearing a bindi on her forehead. During a Women's Day event in Kolar, MP S. Muniswami was caught on camera scolding a woman for not wearing a bindi despite her husband still being alive. The incident which occurred on March 8th has drawn sharp criticism with the opposition Congress saying that it was a reflection of the BJP's culture. The video shows Muniswami inspecting the stalls at a Women's Day event where he stops at a kiosk run by a woman who was selling clothes. Who allowed you to put up this stall? Where is your bindi? Your husband is still alive, isn't he? The MP asks, asking her to wear bindi at once. His associates are also seen and heard saying that the woman had no common sense simply for not wearing a bindi. The incident triggered widespread outrage on social media, with many people criticizing Muniswami's behavior as a reflection of the BJP's regressive policies towards women. 
Congress leaders have pointed out that the incident occurred on Women's Day, which makes it even more unacceptable. In response to the video, Congress's MP Karthi Chidambaram also said, and I quote, The BJP will turn India into a Hindu Iran. The the Ayatollahs of the BJP will have their version of the moral police patrolling the streets. The Congress has also asked what right the BJP has to take away the freedom of women and dictate their dress, particularly on Women's Day. Let's move on to the next state that is the state of Kerala. Nearly three decades after they were first married according to the religious laws, a Muslim couple in Kerala's Kasargod registered their marriage under the Secular Special Marriage Act. Advocate and actor C. Shukur and his wife Sheena, former pro-vice-chancellor of Mahatma Gandhi University, registered their marriage afresh on Wednesday. However, the move has sparked a debate and has been met with resistance from certain quarters. The Council for Fatwa and Research under Darul Huda Islamic University in Malapuram has asked Muslims to resist this decision. The couple said they took the decision to avoid their inheritance being split under the Shariat legal code and to ensure only their three daughters can be their legal heirs as per the civil law. According to the law of inheritance in Islam, if the deceased father has only daughters, then two-thirds of the property should be divided between the father's sisters and brothers. The statement by counsel said that Shukur is forced to marry, remarry because of his narrow-minded thinking that his siblings should not get any part of his property. Shukur and Sheena, who married in 1994 under Islam law registered their marriage again on March 8, 2023 under the Special Marriage Act. This decision sparked a debate in Kerala over gender discrimination. As per the Muslim personal law that is Shariat Application Act, while a son can inherit all the property of his parents, if a couple has a daughter, she can only take half of the share. If a couple has more than one daughter, they get two-thirds of the inheritance and the rest of the property goes to the father's siblings. Shukur and Sheena have three daughters. The Council for Fatwa and Research, however, believes that the true ownership of wealth belongs to Allah and has termed the couple's decision as an insult to Islam. Reacting to the Council's statement, Shukur said that any violence caused due to their declaration that urges people to resist the couple's move will be the responsibility of the organization. Let's move on to the next news from the state. Kochi has been choking on smoke billowing out of the municipal solid waste dump site at Brahmapuram located close to the two rivers Kadambarayar and Chitrapura since March 2nd. While the fire has been brought under control with the Navy and even Air Force rendering a helping hand to the fire and rescue workers on the ground, toxic smoke from the smoldering dump has become a huge health hazard for the people in Kochi and nearby local bodies. The expansive 110 acres dump yard located close to Info Park Kochi, a swanky information technology park, also houses a plant that treats refuse from five municipalities, three panchayats and the Kochi Municipal Corporation, which is responsible for the plant's upkeep. Every day, more than 300 tons of waste is said to make its way to the site which according to an estimate holds over 5 lakh cubic meters of legacy waste. The Kochi Corporation began dumping solid waste at Brahmapuram in June 2007. The waste treatment plant sits on the land categorized as wetland. Let's move on to the next state that is the state of Tamil Nadu. 
Tamilnadu Governor RN Ravi returned the online gambling bill to the state government four months and 11 days after it was sent to him for his assent. The Tamil Nadu Prohibition of Online Gambling and Regulation of Online Games Bill 2022 intends to ban online gambling in Tamil Nadu. According to the reports, Ravi has asked the state government to furnish additional information and make certain changes to the bill. The bill was passed in the Assembly on October 19, 2022. Prior to that, on October 1st, Governor Ravi had given his assent to an ordinance banning online gambling in the state. However, the ordinance lapsed on November 27th as the governor delayed approving it. It must be noted that representatives of the e-gaming federation met the governor at Chennai's Raj Bhavan on December 5, 2022, even as the state government awaited his assent on a bill regulating online games. The agenda of the meeting remained unclear as the Raj Bhavan did not share any information on the governor's meeting with the representatives of online gaming industry. This is the second attempt by the Tamil Nadu government to impose a ban on online gambling, including card games such as poker. Let's move on to the next news from the state. In yet another setback to the Tamil Nadu unit of Bharatiya Janta Party, 13 office bearers associated with the state IT cell in Chennai West quit the party this week. The move comes within a week of former BJP state IT cell chief CTR Nirmal Kumar and secretary Dilip Kannan also leaving the party. While Nirmal Kumar did not name anyone in his scathing resignation letter, he alleged that the party leadership in Tamil Nadu was functioning against the interest of its cadres. Dilip Kannan named state party president K. Anamalai as the reason for his resignation. The latest set of resignations include that of the party's Chennai West district IT unit chief as well as 10 secretaries and two vice presidents of the unit. All the 13 functionaries are likely to join the AIA-DMK following the footsteps of Nirmal Kumar and Dilip. Let's move on to the next state that is Andhra Pradesh. Andhra Pradesh Forest Department officials said they continued their efforts to trace the mother of the four tiger cubs found near village in Nandial district earlier on March 5. The month-old cubs have been kept at a veterinary hospital at Nallamalla jungle camp where wildlife veterinarians are monitoring their health while forest officials continued their effort to trace their mother. The cubs are said to be doing well. Veterinarians from the SV Zoological Park Tirupati were closely monitoring their condition by checking their vitals. The cubs are being fed with milk and water. Forest officials attempted to leave the cubs near Atmakur Forest on Monday night, but with no trace of their mother in the vicinity, they brought them back to the hospital. As part of their efforts to locate mother tigress, the forest officials have installed camera traps. Villagers found the cubs abandoned on the outskirts of Pedda Gummadapuram village in Kotapalli Mandal block. After waiting for a while to see if their mother turns up, the villagers shifted the cubs to a room on a farm to protect them from predators and inform the forest officials. Let's move on to the next news from the state. The first day of the Global Investors Summit 2023 in Andhra Pradesh's Vishakhapatnam witnessed an impressive lineup of guests with several business tycoons gracing the occasion and extending their support in terms of investment to the state of Andhra Pradesh. 
Chief Minister Jagan Mohan Reddy said the state received 340 proposals from investors promising an investment of 13 lakh crore rupees and employment to over 6 lakh crore people at the summit. A total of 92 memorandums of understandings worth 11.8 lakh crore rupees were signed on the first day of the summit. These projects are expected to generate 3.92 lakh jobs in the state. More MOUs are expected to be signed on the second day of the summit. Mukesh Ambani, Chairman of Reliance Industries, Navin Jindal, Chairman of JSW Steel Group, Hari Mohan Bangur, Managing Director of Shri Cement, Karan Adani, CEO of Adani Ports and Says Limited, Martin Eberhard, Co-founder and former CEO of Tesla, Sajjan Bhajanka, Chairman of Century Plyboards and Krishna Ella, Founder and Executive Chairman of Bharat Biotech, were among those who were present on the first day of the summit. Let's move on to the next state that is Telangana. Bharat Rashtra Samiti, MLC and Telangana Chief Minister K. Chandrasekhar Rao's daughter K. Kavita led a sit-in protest at Jantar Mantar in Delhi on Friday. March 10th, demanding that the women's reservation bill be tabled in the parliament. While the Congress stayed away from the protest, members from several opposition parties including the Amadmi Party, Shiva Sena, Shiromani Akali Dal, Jammu and Kashmir, People's Democratic Party, National Conference, Trinamool Congress, Janta Dal United, Nationalist Congress Party, Communist Party of India, Communist Party of India Marxist, Samajwadi Party and Rashtriya Lok Dal expressed their support. The inaugural session was attended by senior CPIM leader Sitaram Yechuri, Sanjay Singh from Ahmadmi Party, Naresh Gujral from Shiromani Akali Dal and CPIM leader Subhashini Ali also joined the protest. The show of support for BRS protest comes a day before Kavita's impending meeting with the Enforcement Directorate in connection with the Delhi excise policy scam case. The ED has alleged that a firm called South Group, which is controlled by Kavita, among others, gave kickbacks worth nearly 100 crore rupees to Amadmi Party leaders allegedly to gain control over the liquor business in Delhi. Well, that's all for this week's South Connect. Let us know what you think about this in the comment box below. For more news and updates, you can log on to www.hwnews.in. If you like this episode, please rate us with 5 stars right now. HW News Podcasts are available on Benchpods and all other audio platforms. Also, don't miss to check out South Connect from the House of HW News Podcasts. And we're sure you'll love it too.